Well, it was an interesting one tonight as we go live here on Tried and True, the DC United postgame podcast presented by Heineken. John Lee joined, as always, uh, back in the district, at least, yeah. <laughs> joined by Sam Kastner, Joshua Morgan, and Michael Black. And we are about ready here uh, to go ahead and push it to Ben Olsen's press conference, which is in progress right now. Uh, we had a couple technical difficulties, despite our best efforts to set everything up well before the game and have it all working. Um, I don't know, Sam, do you think the cat walked on the laptop or like Probably. what? I- <laughs> the ghost in the apartment did it. <laughs> Let's throw it to Ben Olsen live. Again, another poor defensive uh, for the second goal, and, and, and we, don't, we don't deal with it, and they punished us. Go to Pablo next. Pablo, go ahead. Hey, Ben. Um, I wanted to ask you about the situation on goal. Uh, yeah. You, you want me to take? You're freezing up. It must be that Audi field internet service. Um, if you can hear me, um, I will answer the, what I think you were talking about was the, uh, the, the goalkeeper situation. I'm, I'm just, it's simply, I'm sorry. just curious. Yeah, you're freezing up. If you okay, can hear I, me. Yeah, basically the decision was made uh, to, to play sites tonight uh, uh, purely because he had two very good games and we had two shutouts and he was a big part of those two shutouts. So just a, a reward to him uh, for his performances. And Bill had a very good week of training. His mentality was um, uh, great and you know, he, he looks sharp and, uh, you know, I certainly could have gone with Bill. We, we know what Bill offers. And, uh, but, you know, when a, when a goalkeeper comes in and has two shutouts um, and, and is a big part of that, I think it was, it's a bit unfair to put him on the bench. Um, Bill will get another week of training this week and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll go from there. But he's looked fine. He's looked sharp and he, he mentally he seems like he's in a, in a very good place for us. Great. We'll go to Steve Goff again. Steve, go ahead. Hey Ben, um, are you concerned at all about the the um, the morale of the team, the mentality as you know some of these some of these games pile up and we get deeper into into the season? As a coach, I'm always worried about you know your your team's mentality and, and uh, morale and, and uh, trying to you know pick them up when on a day like this where. Uh, you know, we, we're, you feel a little bit like we deserved more and, and we're still searching for the, the, the goals. And uh, so, yeah, uh, always concerned with that. You're always taking that temperature, uh, but uh, I've been around enough to uh, uh, hopefully keep, uh, keep the morale uh, somewhat high. And, and, but it's okay if we're, we're, we're pissed off and, and we're upset because we're, we're not in a great spot right now as a group. Uh, but we also still have to be realistic um, and uh, understand that there, there was some positives out of this game. Uh, but we also have to point out some of the negatives and get better and, and uh, tr- try to improve and, and finish off some plays and get a little bit more scary on offense and, and continue to uh, try to be the team that can put up shutouts, but uh, we'll be okay. We'll get back to work and uh, we got 12, 12 games left. Uh, MLS is a, a long season. Uh, 
and uh, if we can right the ship a little bit. Uh, but again, we've we've lost one in three in the last three. So you also have to keep that in mind, Steve. You know, we, we won a week ago and, and we tied on the weekend and we lost a, a home game where we played pretty well, missed some chances and uh, they capitalized on on theirs. So we'll, we'll get back and uh, we got Toronto coming in, a very good team. So we got a lot of work to do. We'll go to Jason Anderson next. Jason. Uh, ben, obviously you changed the formation tonight. Um, what specifically went into playing out of a diamond and how do you think the group did with that change? I thought we played really well. I think adding the extra forward up top helped uh, and caused some trouble with them. As I said, I didn't, you know, that relationship can obviously get better between those two. And I think at times you could see uh, that when they do connect and, and play off of each other and have be a little bit more um, complimentary rather than just playing, both playing as a nine, essentially, uh, I think it can be really effective. Uh, the decision to play um, the diamond was to really uh, deal with their traditional uh, numerical advantage that they put centrally, right? They, they put the field in half, and we talked about this last week. They, they squeeze the field, um, and uh, so the, the diamond gives us a, a bunch of guys in the midfield to deal with those duels and pick up second balls. Uh, and then the, the, the four-back situation, you know, we have outside backs healthy for the first time in a while. Uh, we had Chris Adoy, who I, I thought had a pretty good night. Uh, Fisher and and Joseph Mora, they've all three have been healthy the first time in a while. So uh, having them available for selection, uh, we thought it was the right uh, blueprint for them to go against them. Uh, and then we find out in pregame that they they went with a five back. We, we anticipated some type of wrinkles, but we didn't anticipate a five back. But I thought we adjusted before the game, and I, I still we stuck to what we were going to do, and the way we pressed them, I, I still thought was uh, was really uh, effective. I didn't think they were very dangerous uh, at a run of play uh, for most of the night until we got stretched and uh, pushed the game. The set piece obviously uh, hurts, but yeah, again, first half I, I thought the structure w was very good and. Then we make some subs and we're pushing the game and it gets a little haywire. Um, but down the stretch, it, it wasn't great. We'll take one more question. We'll go to Jimena. Jimena, go ahead. Coach, can we expect to see more of Abu in the starting lineup? Uh, you know, when I look at that group tonight and I look at performances, um, you know, Abu stands out as one of the better players on the field. I thought Junior Moreno had one of his best nights. Uh, and uh, so there's, again, there's some of those positives. Yes, you can anticipate uh, Abu playing uh, more minutes. Uh, I thought he was, again, very, very sharp on the ball. He breaks lines better than uh, some, uh, some other options that we have in there is passing. Uh, it really helps us. And uh, so, yes. Great. Thanks, Ben. That's all we have. All right. That's Ben Olson tonight. And uh, we apologize again for missing the first portion of Coach's press conference tonight. Um, sometimes the best laid plans just go to waste here. And that was <laughs> that was us tonight uh, prepping the show ahead of time. But you could also say the same for, for DC United tonight. You know, they, they came out 
really looking probably the best, at least in my mind, all season for the first 20 minutes or so of the game. And yet here we are on, on the wrong side of a, of a 2-0 result. Yeah, it's unfortunate. I think that uh, what Ben said was interesting. He kind of doubled down um, on the fact that this team deserves a little bit of credit for how they're playing right now. I know that we were tweeting about the uh, pregame press conference. He had a quote that said, um, you know, that we'd gotten the shutout, we'd gotten the point, and he thought the team deserved a lot more credit for that. And I think that he doubled down on that tonight. And he was, I mean, obviously we didn't get any points out of tonight but he kind of said that we've gotten four points out of three games and that people should be happy about that um which i thought was a little bit su- surprising is it i've been Olsen's done that to us a few times now the cincy game is like oh you guys aren't happy you got a pay- playoff spot uh look uh you guys always come back with this optimism i admire you guys for it I, i'm a little I, I bit think, less optimistic I, today I'll i think say. i think uh, look this isn't a uh, i mean it's not a good result at all um uh, they don't have a coach right now and they still beat us. But uh, I think DC United fans are getting pretty, pretty tired of this. Like someone in the comments just said, even our ties and wins feel like losses. Uh, Cause I don't know. It's uh, we were talking during the game. You have to play good or win. And it feels like we, c- we can't really either get one of those or both at the same time. Yeah. And part of what we were saying was that Ben Olsen has never promised pretty soccer, which I think was a little bit when we did get that win against Red Bulls last time, that was kind of some people's complaints is like well it wasn't pretty soccer like I'm waiting to watch pretty soccer and that's that's never something he's promised you know he's always said that we're going to grit out the games um but now now we're not even really doing that and like I said like I I feel a little bit more pessimistic this game because I thought that we came out in the first half and we looked a lot better I thought we were playing much better soccer and we had it in their offensive third a lot more and I think we had more opportunities and then they just got two goals that we just were not marking on which was really frustrating and we couldn't pick our heads up and kind of get one back and answer their goals. See, for me, I was a lot more positive on the, <laughs> the way that the game went today. Obviously, you know, you never want to see a two-zero result, and it's frustrating. Looks like we're about to switch over here shortly, but uh, yeah, you you see Ben come out in the press conference, you know, very similar to how he was when he was a player and the way that you see teams. Uh, looks like we got a question, so I'm gonna switch it over. Yeah. All right. You changed formations tonight. Uh, how do you you think the the group did playing out of a diamond, trying to have more of the ball um, and having more numbers? Yeah, like, like you you saw, I think we had we had the ball, we had we had the possession, but uh, in the end we lost the game. So you know, it's, we have to find the right balance right now. Uh, we didn't have the ball uh, last two games, and we uh, we get points, and today we had the ball and uh, we had nothing. So. Yeah, it's like that. Is the soccer, but uh, in the end, like I said, we have to uh, to find the right balance when we have the ball, defending the box, uh, set pieces, uh, and be be ready when when we don't have the ball, you know. And uh, yeah, today's a disappointed result uh, result because I think we did uh, we did well, um, uh, especially uh, when we had the ball uh, the first part of, of the field um, back for midfielder and I think we have to uh, to work a little bit more up front um, the automatism and uh, with uh, the, the new guys who uh, who was coming but uh, I think we are in the good way I hope thanks Fred we'll go to Jose Umania next Jose go ahead Fred um, how concerning is it for you about with the team losing these opportunities 
mainly on set piece opportunities. Though the first goal coming off that free kick, how concerning is it for you as a center back that the team keeps letting in goals on set pieces? Yeah, normally is our is our strength. Uh, we didn't concede too many goals with the set pieces during uh, on the last uh, I, I will say the last two years, and uh, sometimes it's like that. You know, um, the line was not very good. I tried to talk with uh, with my teammate, but uh, we took too too much time for me, and uh, we were we were not very well organized uh, for the set pieces. So and we concede. It's like that, you know, it's the, the high level. We have to be ready all the time. Um, when it's a free kick, you have to set the line uh, very quick and, uh, and be ready to, uh, to compete for, for the ball. And uh, we didn't do that uh, when we conceded the goal. We'll go to Emily also next. Emily, go ahead. Fred, thanks for taking the time. Um, this officially kind of ends phase one of the return to, to this part of the season. How would you describe the feeling in the locker room around the team right now uh, following these these set of games? Uh, like you can imagine, um, it's tough right now. It's not easy because um, the last two games we didn't enjoy. We defend uh, very hard. We get points. And we wanted to add something today. Uh, we wanted to take care of the ball, um, do a game more enjoyable. But in the end, we have nothing. So, like you can imagine, it's, it's hard. Um, we have to talk with the teammate right now, and uh, we have to keep uh, our heads up, stay positive, uh, keep working hard, and um, get some results, you know, because. The standing is very tight right now. Uh, everything is possible, but um, we don't have too much time to um, to get points. So we have to to stay positive and uh, keep the heads up. Thanks, Fred. I'll pause for five seconds. Yeah. See if anyone else has any questions. Mm -hmm. Okay, Fred. As these Uniteds, I believe, wearing the armband again tonight, Captain Frederick Briant with uh, Stephen Birnbaum missing missing out again. Um, listen, we've obviously got a lot to unpack here. Uh, that will wrap tonight's media availability. Uh, just just Fred and and Coach Olson. Um, so guys, let's pick up where we left off. You know, what what do you do differently? Because here's here's the the problem I have, and, and I think this is where I'm starting to get frustrated with. You know, some of the some of the comments we're seeing and, and some of the stuff I've read throughout the week, you know, folks in the fan base are, are upset and, and rightfully so with, you know, coming out against New York City, um, defending for our lives, holding on to, to get a point, earn a point, but obviously not even taking a shot, right? That's frustrating. That's hard to swallow. Yeah. That was not the game plan tonight, obviously. You know, we came out on the front foot. They spent a lot of time in the attacking third. We it, had they looked, they created opportunities. They looked probably the best on offense I've seen all season. Um, they they couldn't string it together. They they don't look comfortable by any means with with the ball, probably because they haven't had it much this season. Um, and you lose. So what do you want to do? We we've proven we can defend well and get four points out of two games, or we can attack fairly well and not convert and get no points. Where do we go from here, right? Because, you know, I, I think a lot of the frustration is just in general and, and nobody's got really a plan. So yeah, what's uh, the plan? I, I think we've seen it go back and forth. I, I see people saying you put the ball in the net and, and it's obviously, yes, you want to score. I would wish they would score 10 goals a game. Um, 
you guys good? <laughs> yeah, go for it. Um, but uh, you, you can't complain. Oh, the defense is so boring. We're tired of just absorbing shots all day. And then uh, when they try to be more offensive and the defense blows out, it's understandable. Yes, yeah. I want both. I want an offense and a defense. But yeah, I, and I, I get what you're saying. But it wasn't the two goals we gave up today were not a question of the defense was not in a formation where they could handle it. It was yeah. a, a failure of the de- defense to execute, especially on that first set play. You know, you had a guy running free and defenders basically running opposite direction from him. That's going to happen if you approach a set piece like that, even if you have all 10 people at the back. Um, yeah. So I don't know if it's necessarily a question of how they were set up. You know, certainly they looked better going forward. And and so I, I, I do have questions about that, but all in all, I did think we we looked like we had some threats. We had some opportunities going forward. You know, certainly unlucky not to end up in the back of the net. And it could have gone very differently. I, I enjoyed watching this game a whole lot more than I enjoyed watching the NYCFC game, I, even if it is a point lower. I was going to say so fun, so much as I'd rather see the team play this way than they, they did at Jersey. Uh, I didn't like the way the team played at Jersey, even though they stole three points. Uh, I, I thought it was super unreliable to play like that and today they played a, a you could build off of what they did today you cannot build off of what they did against nyc or or red bull the first time i, I think you can build off what they did today they had some some missed chances gressel needs to put that in the net every time Definitely. and the yeah. three other runners behind them um i mean just the, the the opportunities you saw with the two strikers on the field the number of times that you had balls coming in to people who were actually there to receive it, even if right. the ball didn't end up getting there, it, there were a whole lot more productive chances. And yeah. uh, you know, we were joking during the game about the team, you know, going forward and then coming back and recycling the ball, which certainly saw plenty of, you know, DC actually controlled possession for the most part. Uh, but there were also those chances that we have not seen in a while. So definitely something to, to look for there. Yeah. It feels to me like the frustration of, you know, the the offense started to look more coherent tonight, and I get they didn't score, but then you took two steps backwards on the other on the other side of the field, and it's like, oh my goodness, like what? Why can't we pull it all together? We, we have a text here from Donald that says, look, you're not playing pretty soccer is fine if you're consistently getting results. Yeah. Today we had a scoreless first half for the 14th straight match. That's one away from an MLS record, which is crazy. Um, and we keep having matches with very few shots and chances. At a certain point, the club has to accept that this brand of soccer is not working and overhaul it. And that point probably came a few seasons ago, but now we have to face it and change it. Uh, so that's from Donald on the text line. And, of course, if you want to join the show and, and share your thoughts with us, uh, you can do so uh, by either calling or texting us at 202 892 that's 202-892-6DCU. And, of course, we've got a number of comments we'll try to get to uh, in the YouTube chat as well as on Twitter. Uh, so thoughts, uh, guys, on on what Donald has to say? I think that's pretty accurate, right? Like, the stats don't lie. If that's one away from an MLS record, like, that's pretty hard to hear. I didn't know that beforehand. Um but I, and I think that that's why I'm more frustrated in this game because you could tell that the game plan was to go and get goals. Like I, I have been hopelessly optimistic maybe for the p- past few shows watching that we had a game plan of just sitting back and absorbing the pressure and then maybe we'll get a chance or two. But like, you know, we're just at least going to get something out of these games. And that's why last game I, I thought that we we didn't play a good game. It's not something that I would hope that we would replicate, but I think that we did what the coaches wanted and we did get the result that the coaches wanted. So 
Um, I had a lot more positive to say about that, but this one, it, it was clear that we were going to get those chances and we were going to make it difficult, uh, excuse me, for New Jersey. And we didn't do that, which is more frustrating to me because, yeah, there was the Gressel shot. You know, Kevin had a few, like there were a few, that, there were several runners in the box and it just kind of went over. Like, I, I think we had more chances in this game and I, I'm upset that we didn't make it a little bit more difficult for them. Yeah, and to Joshua's point, this is not a Red Bull team that we've looked at in the past and said, you know, this is a team that's going to win a supporter shield and then find a way to flame out in the playoffs. This is not a good Red Bull team. They do not have a coach right now. They're kind of in between formations. They don't, don't really know between what they're trying to do out there. Goal scores. We, we were saying during the game, they were basically out there and told, you know, go play soccer. And yeah. it paid off for them because they got the you know the two chances uh, on two breakdowns by DC. They were not wonder goals by any means, but certainly things that you would expect the defense to to hold up better on. Yeah, I mean, it, look, I I think it it it's funny seeing these these comments and you know, there's always a spark when when teams change coaches and and I. I've for a long time on the show. I'm I'm still not sure that I think that's what needs to happen and the only way to fix this. But um, you do wonder like is Olson out of ideas with with this team? I mean, I I don't think offensively tonight he is. I I think it showed that uh, we can still do things. Um, and and I think we're we're getting closer. We're building. Um, I I don't know, but so, but I no, no but today's I, lineup. Sorry, but today's lineup with the six people that we have out in. You put Flores, Areola, Canals, Burnbaum in that formation, and yeah. they probably win two nothing instead of lose two nothing. Yeah. I, I think. No, I agree, and I think that it's hard. Yeah. You know, think about it on the flip side. If you just talk about any general soccer game, if you know a team is dominating, and then the keeper, you know, they get one or two shots on goal, and the keeper lets them in, you're like, oh, that keeper was a little bit cold. They haven't had a lot of opportunities. I would argue that DC United is experiencing that on the flip side, whereas we haven't been getting a lot of opportunities. I mean, it was very clear last game when we had no shot on goal, and then it was very clear for the pregame press conference. If you all follow us on Twitter, you saw our thread about that, um, and. The, the players were a little bit frustrated that there weren't a lot of offensive opportunities in that last game. So Namely I, I think Assad who didn't get into yes. the game until late now. Well, Fish didn't like it either. And, and he and didn't. He and he's didn't. a defensive player. But yeah, at least he's a defender. <laughs> but I, but I, I think that that's probably felt within the team, right? Sure. Like it's not hard for me to imagine that the entire team kind of feels that way because it is hard to play a game like that. Like speaking from experience, it's just hard to defend for 90 minutes. That's not a promising place you want to be so I think that this game like yeah we had a lot of shots forward but maybe we're like not super used to building up and we we did make a lot of jokes about how you can see that we have like momentum going forward and then we recycle the ball back a little bit and we kind of like wait for those like really obvious opportunities and we saw a little bit more creativity this game um but I don't think the team is really comfortable with the creativity right now I mean look you got a a midfield Neymar starting midfield from the beginning of the season it wasn't Paredes Abu and Moreno Moreno was there but the other two are, are new, and it's not surprising. I, I thought they both did really well. I thought they were probably the best players on the field for DC United tonight. Um, but it's understandable that they don't have chemistry with the, you know the brand new striker yeah. that just came in, and, and wingers that don't normally start for this team. So I would argue, just playing the counterpoint, like wouldn't you argue that they deserve a little bit of time to figure it out? Like, isn't that what these games are? I'm not saying that these games are acceptable by any means. I'm just saying, like. From what you said, we have a lot of new players coming in. They they deserve the time to figure it out, right? Yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I don't want to dwell too much on the state of DC United. I feel like we've been doing that every time. I, I agree, but from the fans' perspective, 
we've been waiting for a decade for this team to figure something out and got yeah. very little playoff wins out of that. You know, and I, you know, I agree. We, we have, you know, beat the, the state of the club to death and we will continue to talk about it. You know, when you look at a game like today where you did have some opportunities going forward, I think it also comes in the context of these other games we've had, you know, I, again, I said, I'm optimistic after having watched this game. Do I feel the same way if we didn't just watch a game where we had no shots, period? Uh, no, I wouldn't. Like, I, I don't know if I can stand another game like that. Yeah, but you know that got you a point. You know, right now as results stand tonight, you know DC has fallen out of a playoff spot, uh, which is not acceptable when ten of fourteen teams make it. But and you're not going to be able to sit and bunker and get one point a game and hope it gets you into the playoffs. Right, but and I think the you know the the counterpoint to that is kind of what we were just talking about. It's like you know giving players time to to get into this formation, and get into these these tactics, bring in a couple folks who've been injured, bring them back into the fold. Um, I, I I don't know. It's tough. It's it's like do you accumulate a couple points right now and and you play the the style of defend mm-hmm. like hell for the whole season, sneak into the playoffs and lose, or do you say you know it, part I, of me with tonight is like hey we're not doing that anymore. We're gonna take a couple lumps but we're going to get good at, at attacking like this. And, and if we sneak into the playoffs, maybe we've got a shot at actually winning a game or two instead of that you know, requires what we've done lately. A, a long-term commitment to the head coach. Uh, yeah. That, what, what you're talking about, I, I completely agree. I'd, I'd rather, I don't care about losing the playoffs to Columbus again. Uh, I mean, Ol- yeah. Olsen's not going to get fired this season. No, yeah, I, I haven't seen so. anything but that it, indicates that Olsen's going to get fired. But so I feel talk- like that's the conversation we just need to move forward with. And it's almost not worth talking about whether or not that's worth it. Well, it's just like, how do we move forward with him? And, and I was just talking about this season, right? Yeah. Like I, I think within the, within the, constructs of this season if they continue to roll out a similar tactics that they did tonight but if you're going to practice the tactics for you you got to keep the coach that's implementing that i almost wonder like whether or not this season right like we have so many players injured we don't have a lot of depth like the fan base is not going to appreciate this but like what if we almost like consider this a wash and try new things and get the new players out there and then we come out next season blazing even if like not the beginning of the season because in MLS you don't really need to get good until right. the, towards the end of the season. But it's like I just I just wonder, like what would we prefer? Would we prefer like figuring it out this season? And maybe that's not a long term solution. I would prefer more a more long term solution. So again, that that's requiring that we do get it figured out. Like I understand you know the idea of hey you know we're going to try something different, try something different, try something different. You know, go out there again. This season is not a season where. DC United is going to win their fifth cup. But I wonder if like, if you're trying to figure it out for this season and if you're trying to figure it out for next season, those are two very different things, right? Those are very different strategies. Those are very different ways that you're working the team and playing these games. So what, like, what do you guys think that the team should do? Well, I I, I think I've said for a while, especially since we were in Disney, I want them to commit to a style, commit to a formation and play it to death. And you find out this season where your gaps are, and you go out and you get players that fit that role to succeed next year. I, I think that's that's how a lot of teams are, are being successful, particularly in this league. I mean, we don't have a lot of funds, right? Like, we're not going to go out and acquire a ton of good players. What we need to acquire is players that fit the system. We can't continue to try to build a system around the players we have, or nothing will ever be consistent. But that's year my year. argument, though, is that Ben Olsen for 10 years has, or my question to everyone, I don't know whether or not it's right or wrong, but Ben Olsen for 10 years has been grit and we're going to be defensive and we're not going to get a lot of chances. We're not going to play pretty soccer, but we're going to like be the hardest working team out there. And 
you can a little bit argue like that's been our system right like for better for worse like that has been it and he has gotten players who can do that he's gotten Russell he's gotten Felipe right which like a lot of people were mad at like he has the players who are willing to do that right now and a lot of them are injured and you can't really plan for that and we don't have the depth right we don't have the funds for it so I'm like I mean, you can't really account for injury, right? But it like sounds like that is kind of what's happening. It's just not going DC United's way. Well, certainly luck has not been on this team's side this year. I mean, other than the goal that Sorka had at the last gasp in at Red Bull Arena last week, that's it. Mostly everything's gone against us uh, on the field with injuries. It, it's not been a good season by any means, and we certainly haven't had luck, but... I don't well, know. And part of that is like, does Ben know that we're not going to get the funds? Has he been told we're not going to sign another Wayne Rooney caliber, caliber player? So you need to figure it out because that is specifically what he and the fan base was told while we were in RFK, right? He was told we're not signing players until right. we open the stadium. And then we did and we signed Wayne Rooney. And it's unfortunate that he didn't stay. But now we're in a pandemic, right? And we don't have one of those billionaire owners, right? Like, Levian doesn't have the unlimited right. phones, it's, uh, funds that some of the other teams have. So, like, what? I mean, it's unrealistic, like more so like, what do we do with what we realistically have is what I'm asking. No, I think that's a fair question. And, and, you know, along those lines, my favorite question just popped into the YouTube chat. Uh, If we fire Olsen and and I say this in in any sport, any coach, if you fire the coach, do we have any names for people who would replace him? Is there a name that stands out as a real possibility? It would be Ryan Martin the next day. And, And it wouldn't even be, there would be no search party. There would be no, there's no, there's no short list, I don't think, for replacements. For if you want names, I can give you ones to dream about. Gallardo is coaching Boca still, I think. Uh, he's a great coach. Uh, Josh Wolf came up through us. We should have grabbed him instead of letting I mean, Pochettino yeah, still unemployed, right? Uh, <laughs> Poch is not coming. Josh uh, Wolf hurt, though, that we didn't uh, absorb him in. Look, there's high-class managers. There's managers that make sense uh, out there. But, uh, look, it's not going to happen. But a lot of those <laughs> coaches are also, like – expect the higher caliber like training facilities that are in an hour and away and they expect the higher caliber signings and if that's just not what we're searching for like maybe it's a different argument that we need to be having i get what you're saying as far as you know being under financial limitations you're not a team that that. is (laughs) that is able to just you know blow it out when it comes to budget but right now columbus is at the top of the league columbus is building a new stadium we just got a new stadium yep they're winning with what I believe is a similar resource profile for the folks they've got on their You know what happened to Columbus like two years ago? (laughs) And they got new owners. You know, the the people that own the Cleveland Browns um, bought them. And so they have money and they bought a really good number 10. Well, now they're playing well. I would argue that I I think, I think Black's right though. I think they have a similar resource structure to us. I don't know that the Hassels have come in and invested millions in the team other than the new stadium. Like on field product, I don't think is, is much different. Uh, they're a way better team. I, I well, sure, that. but we're talking about investment, uh, right? I I think I see it more. Columbus, Columbus is like they had the coach that coaches the, the U.S. Men's National Team, uh, and then they went out and got Caleb Porter, who has won an MLS Cup. That was that um, was a big win for the, them. Their number ten is probably he's probably going to win MVP if Columbus keep like they do. Uh, they have the best American striker in the world right now. Uh, not named Josie Altidore, and you can take that for what it's worth. But Zardes is good in MLS. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, yeah, they're they're not a super club. They're not the LAs. Sure. They're not. They're, uh, but they're finding ways to work. And so, are you saying that maybe DC United could get to where Columbus is at? With, I mean, it's I, certainly a bigger market if they. Uh, that's there's a whole. I no, I. Well, yeah, that that is a whole another can of worms. 
I think DC United should expect to be ahead of Columbus in the standings, in the spending, in the fan base, in every metric. I love using metrics with Columbus. That felt a little <laughs> I, dirty, I, and I didn't intend for you can, it to. <laughs> you can say the same thing about Philly, too. We should be better than them, and, and we have absolutely. a really well, good discussion. Well, if you want to talk about Philly, that absolutely comes down to our youth players, right? And that's yeah. a very different structure, is that Philly has a structure and a youth program, and DC has a pay-to-play. I, uh, I thought about this the other day. I think I would have rather had Bedoya than Wayne Rooney. I think it's indicative of where the franchises are at, and, and man, I... I hope the comment section lights on fire with that. Like, I, where did Wayne Rooney get us? I disagree, though, because if, like, we expected to have Wayne Rooney for a long time, and I don't think that was necessarily Wayne Rooney's decision, right? Like, that was not the the plan. I think, I absolutely, look, I, it was Colleen Rooney's decision. We can, uh, that's what was stated in the public. Uh, A lot of things are stated in public. I think Wayne Rooney was not happy with this team, just like a lot of players are not happy with this team. I mean, we had two players, the two players in the pregame press conference say that they weren't having fun playing soccer for us. Well, if you're Wayne Rooney and you can literally go anywhere you want in the world. So hold on. I don't think that Assad and Fisher in, in the press conference came out and said that across the board, I they agree. don't have fun playing soccer with DC. I, I, I think they said these past few games what, have been very difficult. Yes, When you come out with no intent to score, that's not fun. And I think almost any soccer player or fan would agree with that defender or not. Uh, yeah. But uh, that's not that's very different than what you said about. What was, and that's also very different. When you have what was the style team. before that? But you have a very bare bones team Sam right now. Sam just said right? our our style is gritting. This this is our style. It's a little bit. It's a little. But bit our style's not park the but bus. But it's not as yeah, defensive it's not, it's not as that. it should be. Like we are very much more defensive right now because we don't have the caliber of player to go forward. And if Wayne Rooney had stayed, we'd be having a very different conversation right now. So I think we I think we would have had a lot more possession even in Orlando if Wayne Rooney had stayed. But again. There's there's just so many factors here. You know, you talk about all the players that are out. You know, you talked about what you expected from Flores and you didn't get, or at least you haven't gotten thus far. And I think that's what makes this conversation hard is that it's like every single factor right now is going against us. It's yeah. not just yeah. that, like, potentially Ben isn't the right coach or these owners aren't right or all the injuries are happening or our tactics aren't right. Like, it's all these things that are just coming together and making each other thing very difficult to talk about. So I, I agree. And you know, the, to an extent you know there you can change you know formations you can change selection on the game day you can't choose who gets injured or you know things like that there are unforeseen things that you're reacting to but you do still have to make an evaluation and say hey are we doing everything we can and have we changed the things that we can control that might make it better again tonight it looked like you know they wind up a team that was going out there and frankly, it was disappointing not to get a, a ball in the back of the net. You know, perhaps you still lose 2-1, but still plenty of opportunities to score a goal. Uh, uh, I, th- I think you could win one nothing. I think the two goals were uh, – we, we've <laughs> agreed on this already on the show that those two goals were just stupid errors um, from from young defenders. I, I want to go back, and we're obviously all over the place tonight, which is <laughs> – Can we are. talk about the game? Very emblematic <laughs> of this team. I do. I want to go to the game, but, I, but before we go too far away from it, I, Sam, I want to – just pull the thread a little bit more on something you said there because you alluded to the fact that bringing in a manager of a much higher caliber might be frustrated by the fact that the training facility is going to be an hour away was that is that something you see and and a question really for everyone i mean we are on the cusp of a of a pretty awesome training facility out in loudon at least from, from everything we've heard yep it is out in loudon uh which is very close to dallas by the way which is the you know biggest airport in the area but it is not close to downtown I mean, DC. It's, it's it is like not, not close. To I downtown. think that's fine. It's pretty commonplace it's in England, right? Triangle. 
Yeah, I will, and, and that's kind of where I'm is going. Is it commonplace like, in England? It is. Uh, okay, because I think it's not in America. So well, it, and and that that's that's the basis of my question, right? Like, do we do you really see that as as a negative? It, not just for bringing a new coach, for players, for on field product. I, I I had never looked at it that way at all. I mean, I noticed that it wasn't in DC, but hell, it took this team forever to get a stadium in DC. So yeah, <laughs> I think they went where they could. I don't know. I think that you look at other teams and LAFC is coming to mind is that they have like a, a very beautiful training facility. And obviously like we haven't seen all of what Loudon is happening. Right. Cause it's like still kind of under construction being yeah. created. Um, so I, but I mean, LAFC comes to mind. They have a very beautiful stadium. I think Atlanta's facilities are very close to their stadium. If I'm not mistaken, 25 minutes. Yeah. Uh, it, that's very, that's a lot closer than Loudon. Um, <laughs> So I. You have to drive through Philly first. <laughs> no, you have to drive yeah. through DC traffic first. As the only person who uh, lives here, I you have to drive so, from Loudon. So, basically, so I can guarantee you that it's, like it's at least forty-five minutes. minutes. The, the, the team will not be headquartered in DC anymore. The, the front office will still be in DC. Well, maybe not even that. The and the stadium o- will be in DC. I yeah, I, I, I think it is. A negative, right? Like, I, I think it's not ideal. I, I wish I that think it had better. been in it, D.C. The cost of living for those players just got, like, divided by five. I mean, so take Paul Ariola, for example. I mean, he bought a house out in Ashburn. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's... The Which is still not as far as Loudon, let's be clear. I don't see... It's further than Loudon. I don't see... It's in a different kind of direction. I don't see the, the facilities being a downside. I, th- I feel like that's potentially a downside if you're talking about the top, top-level players. If you're trying to bring somebody over from are Europe... Are we not trying to bring them in, though? No, oh. we are not. We're picking up 31 animal, uh, veterans who scored one goal for the previous team. It's better than it used to be. Let's be clear, Latou's not playing for this team anymore. Well, and and that, that, that's the struggle that we're seeing You know, for this team. It, you know, Half the teams in the league, or less than half the teams in the league, are trying to go with the younger players. You saw in the CBA with the emphasis on young DPs. You know, do you go with that model of trying to get young guys and then sell them on, or do you go with you know the MLS 2.0, bringing in guys who are still able to contribute but you know have you know fewer miles left on their legs and coming in? I would say that if you're trying to attract somebody who's at the back end of the career, yeah, maybe they say they don't want to drive an hour into DC, but you know for the guys that I would rather see this team going in, the younger guys, as long as they've got a facility that is on par with the rest of the league, I think they're going to be fine. Uh, I, I don't really buy that we're losing out on opportunities. I, I mean, we're lucky to have the, the stadium. In the I mean, stadium. hey, the, yeah, they're in the RFK parking lot right now, right? Yeah. So, I mean, I, I would argue that anything that they can build out in Loudon oh, is going to be better than that. Yeah. I, okay. I, I don't think I don't think it's a negative at all. Okay. We're live here on Tried and True, the DC United post game podcast presented by Heineken, and we did everything we could to not talk about what happened in this game tonight. But I think it's probably time to actually talk about the specifics in this game. Um, but if you'd like to talk about the game or future aspirations of the Black and Red, you can call the show at two zero two eight nine two six three two eight. That's two zero two eight nine two six DCU. And of course, uh, as always, interact with us in the YouTube chat or on Twitter. Uh, so tonight, obviously, early-ish goal. I don't have the uh, the app in front of me uh, at, at the moment. But DC United, as we talked a lot about, they came out flying at the beginning. We saw a lot more, uh, not only shots, plural, uh, in, in that first half. We saw a couple on frame. Um, 29th. 29th minute, uh, just a disastrous set piece to give up. I don't think... Well, we looked and we said no one was marking really anyone there. Yep. Um, and, and that it was, was very a, frustrating. Aaron Long, who I think starts for the U.S. Men's National Team at center back. So, yeah, kind of an important guy to, to mark there. Almost went to the prim. Who Kevin was, had like 
completely like juked out like a couple of minutes beforehand yeah. right on the other side of the field so yeah it was it was very frustrating especially coming after hearing all these press conferences about how important defense was to this team he's wide open I mean you would think that the mentality would bleed over especially in a situation like that on a set piece where you know you know they're coming at you it's not a question of okay do I go forward do we you know come back do we try to build it's very much a they're attacking this is how we need to line up this is how we need to mark and they didn't do it and that's distressing you're right because if you're talking about a team that's gritty and you know puts a, a man on you and you know, makes you earn everything to have him be that wide open to be able to slide afterwards on his chest in that disgusting celebration <laughs> uh yeah. That, that's it's very frustrating and you, you saw that you know the team turned a bit after that as well you know you had a little bit less attacking as momentum. this team does yeah, yeah it, it, it was very distressing to see that happen because like you said john those first 20 minutes or so this team you know had 65 percent of possession they were looking to go forward looking to have opportunities yeah. it was encouraging well and you heard i, I think you heard from olsen at halftime um and you also heard from uh, Frederick Brion in the post-game press conference a bit. Um, they, that, that's that's just going to eat at this locker room, uh, you know, of, of everything that they did right tonight offensively. Again, didn't find the back of the net. Frustrating. They have a long way to go. But the defense has been the strong point, and that, that's a bad, bad lapse, especially for a team that harps on that. I need someone to step up, though, because, like, nobody's perfect, and those things are going to happen, right? Like, you can have the best defense in the league, and no one has ever gone perfect in this league, right? So, like, you're going to have mistakes yeah. happen, and you're going to have those goals get scored on. And I've said this about DC United for years, even with Wayne Rooney here, is we did not have somebody who could pick this team up on our back and for everyone to lift their chins and, like, go back right at it and continue shoving it down the other team's throat and, like, continue with the play that had been. Are you saying the team is missing its leader right now? Who is its leader? I think one William Amin. <laughs> Well, Wait, which we talked about a little bit during the game, and that was yeah. go ahead, John. Pose well, your question. Well, that well, was my we'll, answer. We'll shout to to Press Start Entertainment here in the in the, in the chat. Um, his question first, his or her question first. Do you guys think Bill is ready to get back in the lineup? I think yes. He was on the bench tonight. I, I think I think fitness is there. I, I think sight has got the start because of the way he's played. I will say, I think we're we're not in the practices so we actually don't know but I also will say that I think it's hard because he was not gone for that long to believe that he lost game fitness within that short amount of time like I I totally agree also keeper yes but that has been what has been cited (laughs) yep and like yeah sites has had great games right he like kept us in this last game I don't think either of these goals this game were his fault necessarily I think that he had some really great saves I also think that I, I, I don't see that youtube chat right now but i think that he also doesn't have the leadership that ben that uh bill hamid has and bill hamid like is providing that no that's what i'm saying is i don't think that bill i don't think that sites has the leadership that bill has and i think that bill demands a lot more of his defense and while sites is making those really great saves and like those things that are keeping the team in he's also not directing the defense in the way that Bill does. And that's a significant challenge for a backup keeper coming into a situation. Oh, absolutely. You know, no matter yeah. what's happening, you know, we, we've heard it's fitness for Bill, and that's what's been keeping it out. Whatever the reason it is, you know, the backup goalkeeper's job is to be ready to enter, you know, play the game as they need to do, make saves. And for these last couple of games, he's done it. You know, look back to the Philly game, it did not go well. So, you know, it's gone up and down. But certainly today, Ted, you know, 
I don't think either of those goals were on him, but we would like to have a guy who we think should be in the conversation for the U.S. men's national team yeah. you know, anchoring between the sticks. Well, and we're also, as we've talked about, we're, we're missing Steven Birnbaum back there as well. But the question that Sam alluded to that I asked and, and may very well have jinxed us, if, if, if you believe in that, was if... I do. You did. Isn't like the 25th yeah, minute? Yeah, yeah. This, this is right before <laughs> disaster struck. If Sites kept a clean sheet tonight, and I'll ask even without the clean sheet. Because um, neither of those goals were his fault. No, they weren't. Do you keep Sites in there? I do think it's a different question coming off this loss and having the conversation we just had about perhaps Hamid injects some leadership. But I, I agree with you guys. I don't think those goals were Sites' fault. So let's do the question as it lies right now. 2-0 loss tonight. Do you bring Hamid back? So my answer is the same because even during the game, I said my answer has little to do with this team and this performance right now. And that was, I think, after the first goal. But I say that in that, like, aside from Sites' performance tonight, he's not the leader that Bill is. And especially yep. when you don't have Steven in, and I would argue that it's on Briant then to, like, pick it up and, like, Yep. command this defense and let them know where they need to be, but he wasn't doing it tonight. So, like, maybe if Steven's back, you can argue that Sites can get a couple more shouts, but I think that, like, it was a topic of conversation in Florida, right, about, like, the fact that you could hear Bill throughout yeah. the broadcast, right, even when they started, like, piping in fan Third noise for some of them. Yeah, like, <laughs> you could absolutely hear exactly what he was telling his defense to do, and I think that this team needs that a little bit. So, just for that reason alone, I think Sites skill-wise is totally, like, in it, and I would put I have super confident. I have all the confidence in him, but I think that Bill brings that additional leadership, which we absolutely need. Joshua. I think Bill Hamid is an MLS version, like MLS scope generational talent. He, he's an incredible athlete, an incredible goal kicker. There's who, who in MLS would bench Bill Hamid? Maybe, maybe Stephen Fry when he's good, but I, I mean, that's about the, the list is very short and Chris Seitz is not on it. You bring Bill back if his head is in the right spot, because I don't doubt his fitness. I, yeah. I, I doubt where his head's at right now. And, and I completely understand if something personal happened or if he's, if he's sick and tired of Vinny ball, um, look, okay. Bill's great. Put him in the, put him in the game. Yeah. And I'm right there with y'all. If Bill is ready to go on game day, do you put Bill in? If, if for some reason your assessment, you know, coming in as a coaching staff and you say, hey, you know, Sites is just as good, then you need to find a different position or a different place for a bill to be uh, and move forward Sites. But that's not what we're talking about here. Yeah, I, I think the only only counter argument I'd have you guys, and I, and I don't even know that you disagree. I think Ben made the right call uh, tonight yep. on giving Sites the start again, based on how well he played. That 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 would have hurt a bit, you know, coming off of those two games to then, you know, bench him just because your starting starting keeper's ready to come back. You know, I I think it it does send a little bit of a message too. Again, we don't know all the specifics about why Bill is out. We were speculating. I tend to agree with you guys that he it wasn't a fitness problem. Um, but I I, I do like the coach sending a message that. You know, hey, you're by far and away the best keeper, but you don't get to play as soon as you're ready. Like, if the guy behind you is playing well, he's going to stay in because he earned the time. And I and love having a, a Chris Seitz who we got a chance to see and, yeah. you know, has performed well for the most part. Like, you know, Bill Hamid is not a guy who is going to be able to play every single game during the season, even though we'd love to see it. You know, he's had knee troubles in the past. You know, 
things happen. I, I'm very happy to have a very serviceable MLS replacement level backup as Chris Seitz, but I also haven't seen him do some of the amazing things that we've seen Bill Hamid be capable of, and you don't get that if Bill's not on the field. And we had a whole long conversation last episode, right, about like what if Bill is being traded? What if he's leaving D.C. United? So I don't, you know, whether or not that's actually in the conversation, that was so much speculation by us. Um, but I think exactly to John's point that it's super valuable even when he's ready to say that like, you're not a guaranteed spot. No one on this team is a guaranteed spot. Like you might be better, but sites is like performing in these games right now at the same caliber as you are. And in practices, he's like doing the same stuff as you are. So I'm going to keep him in there until I have a reason to bring him out. And I think that there's absolutely value in that because not only does it send a message to bill, but it sends a message to the entire team that like when we do have depth and they're like, yeah. are people who can play the position well the that, best like, teams have depth and they have competition for every spot right? and that's and, what makes the team better yeah, absolutely. absolutely so even like when like Burnbaum and paul and russell are able to come back like maybe they're not in their first game back like i would personally love to see that but say yeah. we have yeah. an upswing like maybe it's not I mean, guaranteed is goalkeeper for them. the position that dc is deepest at right now uh, <laughs> i think i think so i think they're deeper than most mls teams yeah. Yeah. Oh, I would agree with that. Given Joshua. the players that are injured, I agree. Yeah. I mean, I, I think we all thought you know defensive mid was was the deepest, and, and now it's like one of the thinnest. But um, speaking of which, Abu had a great game tonight. Yeah. Man, I'm not supposed team. to mention that. That was yeah. I, I will get to that section later, but yeah. I, I just you know he, he's someone who who stepped in and he, he played a little less defensive tonight, but still I I, I thought he I thought he played super well. Uh, yeah, he. I I had to check a couple times because I couldn't tell if he was playing a six or an eight. Uh, I thought he was just a six when he came, but he did really well at possessing the ball and moving it forward. Um, we had Paredes at the ten, and so that kind of that was unique. And I'm sure we'll get to that next or, or later in the show. But I, I thought Abu did a really really good job. Yeah, and his ball into Gressel, you know, was one of our best opportunities. Yeah. Yeah. Again, that ball probably should have found the back of the net. Yeah. And you love seeing that kind of service coming from across the field. Like, I have no complaints with Abu's performance today. I still think this team, to that point, remains a goal or two from the run of play away from just a world of confidence boost that they have not been able to find. You know, the Sorga goal obviously was awesome. It was at the very end of a game, um, and it was off a set piece. So, you know, one of the comments here, again, uh, it just kind of calling out that other leader from the team that's missing is Paul Ariola, um, you know, out on the field, right? And I think that between missing a couple leaders, but also, um, you know, competition at these positions, when you talk about the players that are injured, and, and we've talked a bit about that, um, it, it's kind of exciting, the prospect of just the battles at each position that DC United should be seeing with a full, healthy roster right now. Um I don't know. I guess that's that's the the little bit of optimism I'm clinging to. Yeah, I mean, and and that's something that we hope for next year. I mean, who knows what's going to happen between now and then? Yeah. But uh, you know, to, coming into the season, we looked at it and said, "Hey, you know, we've got a lot of new faces, but if everyone gets integrated well, you know, this is a team that we expect to be competing to be, you know, hosting a home playoff game and." you know, potentially making it a run, you know, and we looked like it, you had some options going forward. The team hasn't figured out how to make that happen stylistically in the absence of, you know, guys who are great. Like, you know, it's very hard to replace a guy like Paul Arilla. If the U S men's team is playing right now, they would have trouble replacing him too, but they're not. 
So we've got a couple of rapid fire questions uh, from from the Twitter machine that we'll do real quick, and then uh, let, let's go ahead and award that man of the match. But Greg Olson sent us in three questions. So one, are DC United more dangerous from set pieces with Gressel or Felipe over the ball? I have been Neither. disappointed. We don't have uh, – have we scored from a header this season? No, I, I, I don't think so. Uh, I think Fred had one in the first game. Uh, yeah, that was off a uh, deflection. And I think it hit yeah. the goalkeeper. Then it hit Fred's head yeah. <laughs> or Fred's uh, – And Russell may have had one too. Uh, uh, yeah, the first goal. Yeah. But since then – I think you know they, they point on the broadcast tonight about how Russell's balls coming in tend to be – kind of floating not really you know a laser to a spot which worked great when he had joseph martinez jumping over everyone in the world to you know put the ball in the back of the net yeah this team hasn't shown that we have the target guys there and you saw you know some play from the strikers today particularly from rivas holding the ball up like a target striker is expected to but as far as being the guy who out jumps everyone i'm going to have the ball and it's going to end up in the back of the net you haven't seen that uh so I don't know if that needs to be a change in style. Uh, I would, I still like seeing Gressel's they're pretty balls. Like, they, they, they're great, uh, but it, it's yeah for me it's Gressel. I have actually been a little bit disappointed in Gressel's service. I think that he has had like some opportunities, but I think that he's wasted a lot of them. And I'm I'm really frustrated when corner kicks go way over when free kicks go way over and not just looking at this game, but looking at a lot of the games, I, I feel like I expected more from him um, than he's been able to provide. And maybe that is like in Atlanta, he also had those bad balls, but Joseph Martinez was able to capitalize on enough of them oh, that well, you didn't really notice. In Atlanta, they weren't making their right back take free kicks and corner kicks and, and all that. They weren't relying on it because they had a, a number 10 to do that. And we don't, we, we are, relying on Gressel to, to whip those in. So your argument or, is that Gressel shouldn't be whipping those in? No, or? he shouldn't. He's a great crosser of the ball, but I, I don't want to see him taking those. No, so but, your argument but, is but, that he shouldn't be taking them. But, but yeah. to your point, he possibly shouldn't be taking them because we need somebody who specializes in doing that. I, I would, yeah. Yeah, we need someone who, who does that. So, I yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't think I've been, to, to the specific question, are we more dangerous with either one? No, I, I don't think we are. I, I, I think, think they're both fine um and I, I, I think we I could think and should be successful with both of them doing it. i don't think you necessarily need to go out to get somebody specifically better at that i think we need to get better at hitting the ball and I, i'd love to see more of that out of donovan pines particularly because he's huge right uh but that's that's particularly on set pieces right um let's talk a little bit here a couple questions kind of line up together what makes kamara's starting spot untouchable um i don't know that it is in my mind, I think we've I don't seen. Think we've seen that it is I think either. we've seen Segura start there. I think we're going to see Rivas get more time there. Um, so I, I don't know that it is. What do you guys think? I would completely agree. I think that we are going to see Rivas more there. I think we chatted a little bit during the week. Um, was it this week? I don't know. Time is lost on me. But that uh, DC United traded another international spot, so we that's right have more international or we have more international players than we have international spots. And kind of what we had potentially theorized is that. Um, when Flores, right when Flores is able to come back, maybe Segura goes to Loudon, which we heard. Sorga. Sorga. Yes, I'm sorry. That's who I was thinking of, Sorga, which we heard a little bit um, in the press, the pregame press conference as DC, uh, Ben Olsen said that potentially he could use a little bit more experience in a team like Loudon. Um, but we 
have seen Sorg get in that spot and we um, have seen Kamara lose it. And I think that that it's not promised to Kamara at all. I, I don't think we have a better player. Oh, man. And he's not even playing well. And that's that's the problem, <laughs> I think, right now. We're not scoring goals. We score one goal in the past three games, right? Uh, uh, Kamara, statistically and from history, is the best striker we have on the team. Uh, and he's not good enough right now. But yeah, I thought a- Rivas was the best of the three tonight, which is kind of crazy. Yeah, I mean, Kamara hasn't shown it, and I think all of us are still hopeful that he finds a way to do it. I think there were chances today where it might have happened, but it didn't. And at some point, you do have to start asking the question of, you know, if it hasn't happened yet, is it going to happen? I think that, you know, particularly looking into the off season, you know, Sam keeps talking about uh, COVID transfer market, but uh, you do have to look and see if there is an option to, you know, find some goals because right now it's not working for Kamara. Now I hope I eat my words in the next you know, 12 games or so when he comes out on fire, but at some point this team has to find somebody who can put the ball in the back of the net. Yeah, so final question here. I'll happily take the bait because it'll lead very nicely into the man of the match segment. Um, Odd question about was Kamara signed to be a backup for Rooney or become a starter, forgetting a timeline, but do we we really need a a starting caliber in number 10? A couple things going on there. I I think um, Michael Black, you said it straight in the chat there. I think he came in right after Rooney announced he was leaving or right around there. Um, But I... I think we could have found our, our, our starting caliber 10 tonight. I was very impressed uh, with Kevin Paredes' performance tonight. I thought he played great in, in, in the center of the park. Um, it, I said to you guys, you know, it reminded me of some of the better Lucho days, which were a long time ago, uh, but he was getting fouled quite a bit, and he was, he was creating some chances. Kid's still very young. He's my man of the match tonight. I, I can't give it to him every week like some people on the show, Sam. Um, but I was impressed with Kevin tonight. Do you know what? If we're just going to roll right into that, I thought about that today. Um, and it's I, I think I keep awarding it to Kevin because he is the only person who keeps exceeding my expectations. Is that like maybe other people are having good games. And I think I gave it to Sites last week or he's at least an honorable mention because he had a phenomenal game last week. But like Kevin is the only one because he's a teenager who is like coming up with these moves and he's taking these people on and he's like, I don't know, just coming in with this confidence and this creativity that the rest of the team is just lacking right now. And you don't expect that from a kid, um, but he's bringing it. And he's like yeah. kind of talking the talk behind the scenes, which we experienced during the quarantine. But then he's like walking the walk also. So I would completely agree because he's the only one who every time I look at it and I'm like, I'm impressed with you tonight. Like maybe everyone else has had like a decent game. And I wouldn't say that this game by any means, but like of the other players who had like maybe a decent game, Kevin is consistently the only one every single game that I'm like, wow, I didn't expect that from you. I can, I see where you're coming from. And I, I I do not have a problem with saying that Kevin had a great game tonight and, you know, especially in the 10 role. But if it's a question of a player versus expectations, for me, a man of the match is a guy who you know really had a impact across the board, not just based on what you expect from him, but based on what everyone else was bringing that day. On a day like today, you know, I could certainly see Kevin. Uh, for me, it was a boo. Uh, yeah. I, I I agree with the, 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 what the team said. You know, he's a guy who has you know come in here, not a guy who was expected to start. Again, talking about expectations, 
uh, but really did seem to create and was involved in several of the chances that this team managed to have, which we didn't have previously. So, you know, I think he's growing into the role. I also think we're seeing some chemistry develop with him and the other players the more he gets on the field. So I look forward to seeing him build on that and hopefully, you know, we'll have an opportunity to have an argument about a goal scorer moving forward. But uh, for me, it's a boo. Joshua. Uh, look, I don't want to make my man in that segment. I gave it away earlier, but I, I disagree about Paredes. I think he was a great number eight playing as a number 10 today. We've played like four different tens in the past few games. Uh, Assad, Flores before he was hurt, Ariel a little bit before. <laughs> like it's been crazy. Gressel's even got a trend. I don't, I don't think we need to go buy a 10. Paredes is a good midfielder and he's probably not developed enough to even put a number on him, whether he's eight, six or nine um i i would love to see paredes playing under a 10 and maybe playing under inguayin is yeah. some of it like i would love to see him i think he would have excelled i i that, my point is i i don't think he was in the match tonight because he was in the wrong position he would do great underneath a legitimate number 10 i think who did play well as a boo he was hands down the best player on the team he and that uh, made the most happen on the field paredes like i said played out of position i think um and nothing really came of it. I, I need those. I need chance creation from the 10 spot. Abu did some chance creation from the eight and yeah. was helping out on defense. I think it was a stellar game from him and I didn't see it coming at all. And I'm still a little surprised. Well, and the club officially did give it to Abu as well. So that was uh, a good shout. It definitely was on, was on my list as well. I don't know. I, I guess I'm, um, I'm of the mindset that if we can find the 10 inside the academy inside the system yep. uh, instead of going out and buying one, which I don't think we're going to do. Um, it, that's, what I, that's what I'm hoping for. Sell them. That'd be, be even better. That too. We will. I mean, we sell everyone, but I, I like, I don't think he's Brennan Harrison, uh, who's also a teenager in this league who plays. He, Brennan does the same thing. He plays eight and then sometimes he plays 10. Uh, and I, there are a lot of players who are not Brendan Harrison. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but I one feel could argue all of he them. has very right. <laughs> yeah. He has a very different system and players yeah. and everything around him, though. Like I think it's a little bit hard to compare their production. And, and hey, maybe you know if Kevin was playing in the Philly system, you know it would be in a situation like that. But as it is, he is playing great for us. You know, having come through our academy, and you know, we you know certainly shouldn't look a gift horse in the mouth. You know, the fact that he win a full 90 tonight which is kind of a rarity for him uh you know love seeing him develop and you know hope for more good things from him it's also fingers crossed it looked like he might have been a little injured he was limping a little bit he was kind of hanging on in his hamstring um we really noticed it after the third sub had already been made um but hoping that's nothing too severe because lord knows that we could not afford any other injuries on yeah. this team good lord uh, let's give a shout quick to our friends uh, at Across the Pond. Uh, they're probably just as excited as we are. The international soccer is back, or yep. European soccer, obviously. Uh, the NFL is back tomorrow. I know they got a pretty cool deal going on. Uh, I think it's unlimited wings and beer for like 40 bucks or something during the games. Yeah, uh, like per a game, which is an incredible deal. Yeah, no, that, that that's awesome. Uh, but if you uh, aren't going out in public yet, uh, eating indoors, eating outdoors, those types of things, you can always order. Uh, they do delivery through a couple of the services, and you can use the, pot, the promo code code rather uh podcast for five percent off your order for listening to us here on tried and true uh, so guys obviously i'm getting back from vacation i missed some of the news this week 
Um, MLS Next being a big thing uh, that they, they kicked off this week. What are the details? Anybody tracking it closer? Tonight? They destroyed the U.S. Development Academy, Academy system. Um, yeah. Well, U.S. Soccer did. MLS did not. Right. It was a little MLS, bit sketchy, though. MLS games That's right. every day. I mean, we talked about this a bit during the coronavirus break. It was right? like, yeah, the day that U.S. Soccer right. was like, we're not doing our academies anymore. MLS was like, we are. So. That's right. So they unveiled some cool graphics. Cringeworthy we'll names. That. Yeah, it is, it is rough. Yeah, I didn't... I, I admittedly don't know as much. Um, I, I did read something along the lines of the fact that DC United is not completely making out on this deal because we are still a pay-to-play system. I, uh, I don't remember exactly what it was that, that I read. That's more in terms of uh, getting paid for developing a player and then selling them on after trying to I, the I think it's I think it's still worth mentioning that yeah. I don't love that DC United is still pay-to-play. Maybe that was just no, my bias. No, it's in. terrible because if a player... so. Pipe dream. Paredes is a number ten. He gets sold for twenty million dollars. Uh, if I think under normal rules, uh, other places, if he gets sold on from that, the club that like he came through academy still gets the. You solidarity. have to like write that in the contract, yeah. but I think it's pretty standard. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, I think it's, 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 a, standard, it's yeah. a it's a standard FIFA rule that MLS has ignored for a long time because they didn't want to pay pay money for it yeah uh but you know they've now said that they're going to transfer into that now that's still for mls academies it's not a ussf wide rule and you know some of the other clubs are not yet really wise to how that whole system works but i think there's a lot of room for improvement in the u.s youth development system and we could do an entire show on that but uh you know seeing the move this week to shift it it's interesting in terms of the areas that already have MLS development clubs. Uh, it doesn't really do a whole lot for the areas that don't. Uh, those are areas that you'd like to see better support from USSF, you know, finding more pipelines to get more people into the game. But, you know, all in all, you know, that's what they're going to do moving forward. So let's hope for the best there. Yeah, I think a lot of teams have really been able to capitalize on their youth. Um, obviously, Dallas, Toronto. You know, Philly, even New Jersey are kind of clubs that just spring to mind um, off the bat on teams that have really been able to take advantage of that um, and not only cultivate players for their own MLS teams, but be able to sell those players on. Um, And I'd love for DC United to start doing the same. We've seen that a little bit. Um, Obviously, we saw that kind of um, with Ian Harks. Chris, Chris Durkin. Chris Durkin. I'm sorry. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> That's definitely what I meant. Ian Harks also, obviously, was like a DC United like legends kid. Um, we loved seeing him also play for DC United. But yes, Chris Durkin was the one who kind of came yeah, through I'm the joking. youth but i'm saying diddy as in did ian harks play for dc united but that's a separate issue <laughs> all right um <laughs> but i would love to see dc united um kind of open that up and see a lot more of that and see that pay to play structure um really change so we can kind of be open to all of the talent that's within the dmv area because there is so much soccer talent within this area yeah they're all playing for portland now if you turn <laughs> Yeah, that's frustrating. Um, you're looking ahead here. Obviously, um, Loudon played tonight. It was a one-one draw, which was an interesting one-one draw. We uh, managed to miss part of that game due to some technical difficulties uh, on on that front. On well. par, <laughs> just on par for the night. Um, but I saw that my boy Amustafa leveled it, and they got a one-one draw after going down to yeah. to ten men in like the tenth minute on two yellow cards. The USL bananas. Uh, they play again against Philly two on Wednesday night. Um, and of course, the Spirit will win earlier today, two one, and they play Chicago again on Saturday. 
Yeah, and before we get to the next DC United, I'm sorry this isn't in the show notes, but I would like to point out, we haven't talked about this a whole lot, but September is um, Childhood Cancer Awareness Month. Um, See your ribbon. Yeah, for all of you watching, I've got my little ribbon that I've been wearing um, all of September. And if you um, tweet, so you can tweet your message of hope to inspire patients um, during their fight, so to inspire all the kids who are um, fighting cancer right now. And if you tweet that with the hashtag Kick Childhood Cancer, then Continental Tire will do continental tire will donate 25 dollars um to fund cancer research Sweet. and i yeah I'm, i believe that's up to a max i can't remember exactly what that amount is but obviously 25 dollars is a huge amount um and if you can do something just as simple as tweeting like keep it going like you know you're doing great you know i personally know a kid who's fighting childhood cancer and it's absolutely heartbreaking but kids are just like they're extraordinary right and their yeah. flexibility and their ability to just be able to be positive and really just fight through anything um it's phenomenal so anything that any of us can do and if it's something as easy as tweeting something and then 25 dollars goes towards research that's amazing so we're definitely going to do it from the account um hopefully from our personal accounts and i'd encourage everyone to uh go ahead and do that a couple times this month yeah that's awesome shout um and and of course just wrapping things up here dc united uh schedule part let's see original schedule Florida <laughs> so this is good part four I, think, I guess right? so technically uh, they just labeled the rest of September <laughs> yeah <laughs> and not even the rest of the season I still having headaches with the Canadian teams uh, but they play Toronto uh, next Saturday so we'll be doing this again on a Saturday which is nice and then we've got a midweek against Nashville which we'll probably up late for and then uh, New England rounds out the month and I think that's on a Sunday which I'm not at all annoyed about with the NFL being <laughs> back but we'll get through it uh, but yeah, that, that's what the rest of the month looks like. So what do we miss? What do we screw up? No goals. Yeah, we didn't we missed score. the net. <laughs> <laughs> oh we'll man, I week. think that this. Yeah, I think this game, if anything, is like the most that we can build off of in the stretch of games that we've recently seen. So hopefully, we're able to do that and continue pushing forward and creating those chances and then just finishing some of them. Yeah, I completely agree. If you had had a game like the Philly game or even the NYCFC game last week, you know, going into another week, building up, it, I would feel a lot different. You know, these this time we had chances going forward, you had opportunities. And again, a, a big shout out to the MLS for getting, you know, protocols in place that allows these teams to continue to play. Yeah. You know, we are so happy to have games back. We, apparently there haven't been major COVID issues. Uh, you know, yeah. players have been taking it seriously and doing what they can to stay on the field. And I think we're all the richer for it. Yeah. And fingers crossed. We've been hearing that Steven Birnbaum has been close um, for a little bit while. Russell Canals hopefully is also getting back into the lineup pretty soon. Um, you know, we've heard potentially Paul Ariola by the end of the season. So just fingers crossed, obviously the best for all the recoveries, not trying to rush anything as if I have a say in it, but um, <laughs> hopefully we're able to see them soon. And this is a little bit of a different conversation. That late playoff push, maybe, just maybe, maybe even going somewhere in the playoffs. Josh was giving me the look like I, he doesn't want to hear it anymore. We don't have roster it? spots for all our guys, so maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Joshua and Sam have been asking for this for a while, so maybe we'll give the team a little luck. The song's called Run to Win. We'll hey. give Bobby Wine the week off, and we'll see you guys next weekend here on Tried and True, the DC United postgame podcast presented by Heineken. Heineken.